0: Okay, welcome back. Thank you for being here. I hope everybody's holding up all right with the um, difficult world conditions, um, the uh, reportage of the mainstream and the alternative news or media um, that (laughs) uh, on the one hand seems to be exaggerating, on the other hand seems to be minimizing simultaneously and uh, predicting mega death from the virus as well as uh, saying it's a flash in the pan means nothing Um, natural versus man-made um the big one versus not the big one um but preparation is useful so anyway today we're going to continue reading through sutta Nipata. um we're in the second chapter and the 8th Sutta. So in Chulavaga second chapter, 8th Sutta is called Nava, N-A-V-A, Nava Sutta. And <clears throat> there are different translations uh, that I'm going to use. One is John Ireland and the other one is Thanissaro. I think that Tanasaro's translation is overall better, um, but uh, Ireland's translation is useful. Ireland translated the sutta as the simile of the boat, meaning the story of the boat as it refers to uh, another meaning for uh, those on the spiritual path. And Tanisaro translated it simply as the boat, or a boat. And his uh, synopsis is, A teacher, like a skilled boatman, is one who knows firsthand how to cross to the opposite shore. So, the teacher crossing, or the teacher as a boatman, and uh, the value of um, knowing, <laughs> having some guidance uh, in sp- on, on, on spiritual path for our continued development. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what the raw material is all about. That's what any path-oriented spiritual teaching is all about. Uh, giving us um, the right view or useful view. I mean, there's much right view. (laughs) Whatever leads to long-term welfare and benefit, whatever leads to lower triad chakra blockage releasing, whatever leads to greater love wisdom, awareness of unity, awareness of divinity, um, balance, uh, the ability to um, be of service to others, um, deep mind healing, deep self-healing uh, whatever leads to what is supportive to us and others uh, is um, is associated with right view and so it's not any one religion has right view uh, many religions have elements of right view interestingly <coughs> um, just as I thought the uh, English word uh, naval uh, naval, not the navel in the belly, but the navel associated with an ocean or a ship or a boat, uh, traces all the way back to the Sanskrit word nava, hey hey. So navasuta means the ship, and the English word naval or navy um, comes straight out of the original Sanskrit word nava, nava ship, and so uh, this. Uh, Navasutta is the, the the ship or the boat sutta and so we have the same word that has been the same root uh, Nava nav uh, has been around for 3,000 years uh, indicating boat or ship or, or of the ocean now and that you can see that on the Wiktionary page where it's traced back to Indo proto-indo-european ancient Greek Persian and Ben Sanskrit that's very simple. <clears throat> now, uh, I want to read um, John Ireland's translation first, but I want to draw... before that I want to bring in Tanasaro's intro, not the synopsis. The intro on the other page, org, which are all his of his translation. Uh, he wrote, although often lost in translation, The overall structure of this poem, or sutta, is clearly articulated in the Pali, meaning the Pali language original. The first seven verses, coming under the because, meaning under a phrase, because of this and this and this, and in Pali it's yasma, Uh, the seven verses state reasons under the heading of because of this and this, while the last verse uh, is under the so, or tasma, So, because of this and this and this, these seven elements, so, or therefore, uh, it's drawing a conclusion, find a good teacher and practice the Dhamma. (laughs) So, the final conclusion of the Sutta is not that, um, is not so subtle, however, uh, later in the talk, I want to talk about some more subtle aspects of boat uh, or ship as simile Uh, as a symbol of um, using uh, body-mind for spiritual self-transformation. And so this is very much about uh, expedient means, uh, finding a teacher and making uh, our understanding in line with right view akin to a ship or a vehicle by which we can continue body, mind, spirit, soul, evolution, self-transformation, and progression on the path. And so, uh, a, a vehicle is needed to transport one um, spatially. Uh, a vehicle or means is necessary to an end. So this is about the means to an end. And uh, finding a right teacher, a good teacher... Or a teacher that offers right view, elements of right view, which could be from any religion or none, or psychology, or uh, Mark Twain, who knows? There are many, many um, exponents of true wisdom uh, available on this planet, believe it or not. Uh, the, the development of <clears throat> right view, or understanding of uh, the path and the goal, is... Um, establishes mind understanding as vehicle so that we can continue on uh, steadily and not uh, sink in the water or rot on the side of the beach. So from that brief intro from Tanisaro, I want to now read John Ireland's translation the simile of the boat and quote, so bear in mind that we're going to see Uh, a few of these because of this and this and this therefore or and so that and that and that but it doesn't read exactly that way but it's sort of like that (laughs) Uh, when this then that like that so quote in Navasutta John Ireland translation he from whom a person learns the Dhamma should be venerated meaning the person from whom we're learning he from whom a person learns the Dhamma should be venerated as the Devas, the higher dimensional beings, venerate Inda or Indra, their lord. And Indra was another name for Sakka or Sakya, ruler of the gods. Uh, so and that's a whole other story. But uh, Buddhism understands that they're are higher dimensional benevolent beings and higher dimensional non-benevolent beings called devas and asuras, and the king or at a high level of some kind of hierarchical uh, structure uh, of higher dimensional positive beings, there is a god or a king or a top. I think they just borrowed it from Indian mythology and that's called inda in pa- in Pali or indra in Sanskrit, not different than Saka or sakya as well. So, He from whom a person learns the Dhamma should be venerated, as the devas venerate Inda Indra their lord. He, a teacher of great learning, thus venerated, will explain the Dhamma being well disposed towards one, towards the student. Having paid attention and considered it, a wise man, practicing according to the Dhamma, becomes learned, intelligent, and accomplished by associating himself diligently with such a teacher but by following an inferior and foolish teacher who has not gained fine understanding of the Dhamma and is envious of others, one will approach death without comprehending the Dhamma and unrelieved of doubt. If a man going down into a river, swollen and swiftly flowing, is carried away by the current, how can he help others across? Even so, he who has not comprehended the Dhamma has not paid attention to the meaning as expounded by the learned, being himself without knowledge and unrelieved of doubt, how can he make others understand? But if the man at the river knows the method, and is skilled and wise, by boarding a strong boat equipped with oars and a rudder, he can, with its help, set others across. Even so, he who is experienced and has a well-trained mind who is learned and dependable, clearly knowing he can help others to understand who are willing to listen and ready to receive. Surely, therefore, one should associate with a good man who is wise and learned. By understanding the meaning of what one has learned and practicing accordingly, one who has Dhamma experience attains supreme happiness. And so... interesting little notes from the bottom of the page of uh, Ireland's translation the uh, phrase learned and dependable and clearly knowing but particularly I think learning and uh, particularly dependable he uh, puts as note two saying uh, that one has a character who remains which remains unperturbed by the vicissitudes of life so there are vicissitudes in life (laughs) Uh, relative view uh, there's a difference between a jackhammer and um, beautiful music yeah there's a difference and even though all is one even though you can say that they are one or they are one um, of one field it doesn't mean they're exactly the same obviously so relative view is relatively true and absolutely empty Relative view meaning there's high and low and past and present and future and here and there, and me and you or uh, subject object and um, change. To say that it's all, it, it all isn't, is uh, considered wrong view. To say that it's all um, different and there's and, and there's many not a one is also considered wrong view. So, things are not as they appear nor are they otherwise. Uh, reality is far more than appearance, but reality is presented by appearance. Um, reality includes appearance. Appearance is not the whole of reality, uh, but reality is not exclusive of appearance. <laughs> now <clears throat> that means yes, there are vicissitudes, and yes, the mind can get upset or not, and Um, Buddhism talking about the eight worldly winds um, And four of which are um, difficult Uh, Pain, loss of any type uh, Blame uh, and dishonor socially All of those are body and material uh, objects or possessions Loss or hurt or wounding As well as mental and interpersonal and social Criticism, blame, dishonor, shame, guilt, and shame, <clears throat> all dynamics of mind associated with um, interpersonal relations these are vicissitudes of life, and yet uh, it is very possible or it is the, of the spiritual path that um, with that more development leads to greater balance in the face of those challenging uh, worldly winds and forms of catalyst so Catalyst of that are the good and sad. The person doesn't go way up and way down. That's not not mood swinging. Is the result of deeper balance. Is the result of lower triad clearance. Uh, clearing the blockages is the result of deep self knowing. Deep self healing. So it's the same principle, um, and that's that makes a person dependable. A person is reliable because. They're not wildly changeable. They're maybe only moderately changeable. <laughs> and and it really requires. I was thinking about this yesterday. Knowing that knowing oneself as the one who sees the mind, knowing oneself as um, being uh, above mind. Uh, I I is the one that uses this mind. I is not this mind. This mind is a portion of how I understand I or what I is, uh, but I is greater than this mind and mind-body. And knowing that, the more that one knows that, the more there's naturally detachment or vairagya. And Nityananda said, most important is vairagya. And I will be reading Nityananda, for those who are <laughs> listening when these talks come out tomorrow, and we're going to start a whole new series, um, reading a book called In Divine Presence. Um, from a uh, retired naval secretary of India one of, the, one of some position Mr. Hatengi his uh, compiled anecdotes of the whole life of Nityananda in something like 20 chapters so that will carry us through the, the rest of 2020 and um, I think it's lovely <clears throat> so Nityananda said Vairagya is critical and um, that is a wise detachment and um, leads to uh, greater freedom so further down uh, qualities of um, the capable teacher or one who's learned well also uh, talking about uh, clearly knowing he can help others to understand who are willing to understand and ready to receive these are two different features of the uh, seeker or the one who uh, may approach a teacher or a teaching, or us, or the people we meet. Uh, Number one is willingness or uh, desire. (laughs) Motivation. How motivated is the person to really learn? How motivated are we? Um, When we're talking to somebody, are they really willing to listen, or are we dumping on them? Do we speak because... To what degree are we speaking because we like to speak? To what degree are we speaking because we know quite clearly how much the other is willing to listen? (laughs) Most of us, or many of us, or most often, or regularly, or sometimes, we're speaking and we don't realize the other person is not willing to listen. That's a recipe for conflict and disappointment, and even hurting the other, uh, giving... Uh, truth at the wrong time. giving something uh, giving something that's valuable at an in inar- inopportune moment <clears throat> can harm one or can lead others to harm themselves. We're not hurting them necessarily. but if we if our timing is un, uh, unclear or we don't know about timing or we are wrapped up in our happiness and speaking and don't realize, we're not tracking the mind, the mood of the other person who's listening, Um, then we may lead them to do some harm to themselves and their path. And so it's called doing the right thing for the wrong reasons or doing the right thing at the wrong time. And in Panchashila, (laughs) number two, right speech, or the critical aspect of right speech, one of them is um, opportune opportune moment. So timing is important. And so the motivation of the other ought to be known secondly how ready are they so there's um motivation but there's also capacity not everybody has the same level of intellect some people have a higher developed you know fifth chakra some people don't most people don't Uh, many wanderers are are well developed in two uh, in four and six green ray indigo ray um love harmlessness kindness sympathy care and awareness of unity or metaphysical reality and spirituality and uh, higher principles, but not so great in wisdom, <laughs> not so discerning, and not so a, a comfortable with um, subtle compre- subtle communication. <clears throat> and and um, that is associated with the term ready to receive. How ready is that person? They may be very willing, but very unable. They may be very capable, but very unwilling. And so the intellectual may actually be quite capable intellectually or mentally uh, with their capacity of of fifth-ray development or their basic um, training in using mind carefully, logically, rationally, reasonably, but they're not willing. (laughs) And then you have other people who are willing, but they just can't go there. And if I speak... um, on and on, um, I'll lose them along the way, and that might lead them to hurt themselves later by feeling shame or um, you know, inferiority or feeling that, that uh, what they heard is too difficult or mm, harmful even. So these are two different qualities that we really ought to be sensitive to when we're talking to others. For me, giving this, giving a lecture here, it's a little different because this is just like announced to the public and whoever is interested stays and uh, everyone else leaves and that is self-selecting. But when we're with others, particularly friends and family, we really need to be sensitive to their degree of interest and motivation and desire to listen as well as their mental capacity and when their eyes start to glaze over (laughs) is an indication that uh, they're reaching their limit at that point. Uh, mm, the from the top. Uh, this is not a very complicated sutta, and so actually I probably will <laughs> be able to complete it in the hour uh, <clears throat> from the top with Ireland's translation the value of, um, respecting the one that is truly helpful, which is a person and a teaching. And, I mean, the reason that I read from Chinese Taoism and Confucius and, uh, mm, Lin Chi and Nityananda and the raw material and Gnosticism, early Christianity and Ramana Maharshi, <laughs> uh, and Gautama and the suttas uh, is because I have a lot of respect and appreciation for what they're offering and every one of them to me is offering um, valuable teaching or right view associated with um, self and path, self and universe and path and goal right? but it has to be acknowledged um, with Buddhism that Gautama uh, could certainly be called the great physician, and I think he was, and in Tibetan Buddhism, or Mahayana and Vajrayana, they talk about medicine Buddha. Well, you know, I don't really care for deifications, um, and Gautama would reject it too, but uh, um, his teaching um, could be understood as, uh, as medicine. And so without hypostatizing him as medicine Buddha, or this Buddha and that Buddha, um, you have Gautama the man teaching particularly the Four Noble Truths and an elaboration um, through all his life, teaching on those four principles uh, the truth of Dukkha being um, perhaps the most bitter truth or core truth that happens to be bitter regarding our uh, experience. And Dukkha doesn't you can call it suffering it's better translated as stress but the first noble truth the truth of Dukkha um, is the truth ultimately that there is no final um, wellness no permanent happiness Um, not necessarily in this world but by um, <clears throat> by the unenlightened, <laughs> for those who haven't perfected Seven Chakra Development, which means all of us, for those uh, who have not completed a path, that there is a path, and uh, have not achieved perfection, self-perfection, perfection of a of, of being um, in time and space, not just my essential nature is a Buddha, uh, tr- everyone's a Buddha, everyone's a god Nityananda said, everyone here is a god true, Have one has one actualized that? No and so that's why it's called self-realization, Paramahansa Yogananda self-realization fellowship realization of the perfection of our true nature uh, and that's um, you know uh, the jewel in the lotus Om Mani Padma and so <coughs> uh the jewel in the lotus is the spark of the logos um that is at the heart of higher self or the heart of our true identity uh despite the reality that the vehicles we're using uh the boats the seven boats the seven sheaths of the boat the seven energy fields the seven chakras seven-dimensional, our, our beingness that evolves through seven dimensions, the seven-fold self, uh, or the three-fold um, octavic self, meaning body mind, spirit complex, higher self, and the um, totality complex of seventh density, that three-fold division, same as the seven-fold division uh, of the seven chakras, seven energy bodies, as boat, as vehicle, these Um, means by which we achieve an end. Um, They need work. (laughs) We need to work on that. And so ultimately, this is a sort of subtle point, mm, self-transformation is actually vehicular transformation. Um, The uh, jewel in the lotus or um, Buddha nature or everyone here being God or self as a being of infinite worth uh, the spark of the Logos or the Logos <laughs> as the true nature of our being is is and ever was always will be perfect completed and so our, our true nature and this is a core teaching not really in original Buddhism <laughs> but the raw material and many other traditions and Mahayana and Vajrayana got into it that what I really is is completely and perfectly developed it is complete and perfect. Um, awakening. But that's um, a view from absolute truth, or that's the essence of our nature that is now existing in a highly distorted form, highly limited, highly um, compromised in uh, octave evolution or multi-dimensional evolution as mind-body-spirit or body-mind-spirit Um, our current form the vehicles that we're using are profoundly undeveloped or need much development what the one who uses the vehicle is the logos and so that's uh, God nature, divine nature that's perfect and doesn't need work what needs to be worked on is ultimately the vehicle that it's using in the octave or through soul evolution which is my body spirit or the threefold Octave self or the sevenfold energy sheaths. And so for the Logos, the whole octave is a vehicle of its own evolution. For um, the Logos as well, or for higher self, we can say that the seven dimensional being or the seven dimensional sheaths or the seven chakras and body, mind, spirit is also a vehicle to go through the octave. So uh, beings who are ultimately Atmanic. Meaning a sub-sub logos um, have these threefold or sevenfold, threefold and sevenfold sheaths or vehicles for development of the path, development on the path, development of themselves. the The vehicle is what's transformed, and as it's transformed, consciousness goes to non-dual, and then consciousness empties out to the infinite called awareness, uh, Ananda, Um, and that. Uh, the path is therefore over uh, the ocean of birth and death crossed by way of the boat or the vehicle of the sevenfold, threefold, octavic uh, sense of self or vehicles, energy fields of the beingness in the octave evolving. And so uh, for the logos and uh, octaves are vehicular for Atman or the spark of the logos, sub uh, sub logos in higher self or of higher self. Likewise, its seven chakras um, is vehicular, is a sheath, is a vehicle or a means to an end. Very important perspective, actually. And so, those that offer <laughs> teaching on transformation of the vehicle, leading to transformation of consciousness, leading to greater freedom, leading to movement through the dimensions leading to rejoining (laughs) the family in eighth density um, those people uh, who offer great teaching or teaching that does that work ought to be venerated and uh, appreciated by one who knows what's going on here (laughs) and um, the marginalization of this kind of teaching in human society, earth human society uh, is just an indication of how distorted uh, the collective consciousness here is And the way is that uh, such a great teacher or teaching um, can explain truth um, in a kindly way, (laughs) well-disposed towards the listener. Then for us, or when we're listening, uh, first is paying attention and considering or contemplating. Then the one who knows that there's work to do and that actually uh, I'm not well. (laughs) <laughs> i 'm not well it doesn 't mean everything 's a disaster. it just means that there 's this burning discontent <laughs> who know who doesn 't have burning discontent um, actually everyone does who has a self consciousness because self consciousness is itself uh, aberrant or distortion it's um it's it 's an overlay that ultimately has to be dropped at the end of the path. Uh, It's higher self, or the movement from six to seven density, actually, where the the eighth fetter conceit is dropped way, way up the line or towards the end. The movement uh, out of the octave begins with going six to seven, or at least uh, from unified self to infinite self or real Um, no-self. Because we have a sense of self, we suffer. Um, Because we have a sense of self, all our actions are self-motivated, are of self-interest. That doesn't mean selfish. Selfish is actually harming others to gain for oneself, insensitivity to others. Um, Anything that's harmful to others uh, could be called selfish, I'd say. Um, Meanwhile, all that we do is of self-interest because we still have a sense of self even uh self-sacrifice and martyrdom is out of self-interest but it surely couldn't be called selfish or generally won't be although <laughs> there is the case where people go to martyrdom or go to radical self-sacrifice um wrongly um unwisely um because the, it's more it it's easier to give my life unto death for somebody or something in some case than to continue living. Um, So, uh, even martyrdom obviously uh, can be understood as a distortion, depending on one's level and motivation and what's going on. That's certainly love over wisdom. On the other hand, sometimes it's certainly right. But it's all proceeding out of self-interest, which is not necessarily selfish. And so, we learn by association diligently with such a teacher or such teaching. And that's what I do myself, that's what I've been doing since a young age, is a moderately diligent association with various sources of uh, wisdom, Uh, anent, uh, A-N-E-N-T as Bailey would say, Um, self and path and universe and goal. Meanwhile, there are indeed in time and space, in the world of relativity or the mind of relativity, inferior and foolish teachers too. Gautama called somebody a fool and uh, Nityananda was highly critical of a couple of people who came in with great arrogance and vanity and pride and ignorance and um, a superiority complex. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are people like that and they uh, that that gave rise to the term foolish or inferior and foolish teacher and there are lots of teachers, yes, 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 who don't have fine understanding of the Dhamma. We'll see with Thanissaro's translation that um, some of this, we'll tease out some more meaning here, but um, in parentheses the word fine, the value of not just understanding, but fine understanding um, is valuable <laughs> to contemplate uh, some people can say, oh yeah we have a higher self and soul and higher dimensions, and they don't know much more than that, or you ask them about higher self, they actually have lots of wrong view, I'd say And there's no proof of anything but it seems to me there are a lot of teaching a lot of teachers who have some real wrong view i was just looking at somebody was just referring me to barbara brodsky uh, that carla ruckert respected highly and i looked at her book in a little bit and it looks very good in many ways Uh, meanwhile um somebody uh, who followed that method um Applied to one of my clients uh, in some healing session, some something or other with energy, and saying, "Okay, I'm gonna now, now I'm gonna open your chakras." Uh, and he asked her because he knows the score, "Where'd you get that from, <laughs> teacher?" And she said, "Oh, I read Barbara Botsky." And uh, okay, um, does she have the view also that uh, chakras are opened or closed? Um, maybe. <laughs> Is that wrong? Um, not wrong, but it's certainly not quite fine and subtle understanding of chakra development, because they're not doors open or closed, they're not pots full of dirt or empty, they are energy vortices um, of varying levels of, of an infinite range of development and coordination and it's a matter of activation versus blockage and then balance versus imbalance but if you simply think of it and you end your learning at open or closed you that you, you won't go to fine understanding and so there's lots of teaching that is of spiritual truth but not subtle fine understanding there are some teachers, not so many of them, or some who are motivated by envy mm and uh, have much more envy than they're willing to admit. And one of the results of spending one's life, even following um, spiritual teacher teaching, that is not fine, that um, has all sorts of distortions, although there's truth, is maybe that, particularly for the materialist, though, one um, doesn't leave their doubt. They don't really understand the path, this is possible, and they die in doubt dying in doubt is the norm here and one of the i think clearly um, manifest consequences of the global coronavirus situation is that there are a lot of people who are um, being forcibly reminded of their mortality the fact that they will die from this physical world or body and they're not prepared and they're in doubt and they um, thought they didn't have to worry about it or think about it for many years, um, and now they unfortunately imagine they may they're gonna die soon or they might, and some do. But um, panic is commonly uh, hope and panic are commonly exaggerations of reality that occurs. But um, there are a lot of people who are now. Um, facing or contemplating their physical mortality um, while they have great doubt doubt about um, the purpose of life doubt about the nature of self doubt about the reality or the possibility of a metaphysical and life beyond afterlife and other dimensions and reincarnation and continuance and they believe the uh, some the true materialist, atheist, nihilist Believes that they'll be facing annihilation and extinction. So, there are a lot of people who... some people, a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of numbers, or some. There's a goodly number who are in some degree of panic uh, regarding what they expect to be their imminent annihilation, extinction. That's called going to doubt, going to death, going to death again in doubt. And that's a real problem. Um... And Buddhism, Chinese Buddhism, talked about um, this great matter, the great matter of birth and death, or life, uh, being critical, critical for contemplation. And in this world, you've got all these souls that are living a life that they don't realize they don't understand, and don't acknowledge their uh, multitudinous doubts regarding um, uh, the nature of existence and purpose and meaning, and um, the creation in which they're living. They live without comprehension. Many people are like that. And if you point it out to them, they don't want to hear, and so it's better to let them sleep, or help them sleep more comfortably, as Rob would say. So there's that, and that then there are teachers um, that have a lot of doubt and envy, and don't know so much. They have some understanding, but it isn't too fine. And then versus that, you've got somebody, you know, a teacher and a teaching, multiple teachings uh, that are like the uh, skilled boatman and the strong boat that can help many and help us help ourselves. Um, Well-trained mind, learned, meaning study, dependable, meaning um, some degree of stability in mind. Um, in the face of a catalyst, uh, happy, sad, strong, and weak, hot, and cold, it's very useful. And the only, the, the greater balance, of course, is silence of mind at a steady state, or samadhi, or clarity, or peace, or equanimity. Equanimity is the greater stability. The greater balance is equanimity. And not that I have it all the time at all. <laughs> I mean, I can talk this way, but I'm not, you know, uh, Mr., Mr. Radiant either. But Um, uh, these teachings are right, (laughs) as far as I can tell. And equanimity, as far as I've experienced it, um, is a great stability. It's a formless stability. Uh, Stability of mind and being that relies on nothing. (laughs) It relies on non-arising, non-proliferation. Quiet mind, silence of mind at a steady state, holding the mind steady in the light, as others have said. Uh, That's a great anchor, uh, an anchor of equanimity, the anchor and stability of a clear sky. So uh, that one might be able to understand others and then help them. Uh, And again, willing to listen and ready to receive critical. Now let's go to the Tanisaro translation, which is also quite nice. and he includes some of the phrasing because and so. So we'll start. Navasutta, Tanasaro Bhikkhu's translation. Because when you honor, as the devas, Indra, one from whom you might learn the Dhamma, he, learned, honored, confident in you, shows you the Dhamma. You, enlightened, heedful, befriending a teacher like that, Practicing the Dhamma in line with the Dhamma, pondering, giving it priority, become knowledgeable, clear-minded, subtle. But if you consort with a piddling fool who's envious hasn't come to the goal, you'll go to death without having cleared up the Dhamma right here, with your doubts unresolved. Like a man gone down to a river, turbulent, flooding, swift-flowing, and swept away in the current, how can he help others across? Even so, one he who hasn't cleared up the Dhamma, attending to the meaning of what the learned say, crossed over his own doubts, how can he get others to comprehend? But, as one who's embarked on a sturdy boat, with rudder and oars, would, thoughtful, skillful, knowing the needed techniques, carry many others across, Even so, an attainer of knowledge, learned, developed in mind, unwavering, can get other people to comprehend, when the conditions have arisen for them to lend ear. So, you should befriend a person of integrity, learned, intelligent, practicing so as to know the goal, when you've experienced the Dhamma, you get bliss. And so, he also makes the same note, Developed in mind means able to experience painful feelings without in their invading and remaining in the mind. Painful feelings like anger, uh frustration, mm, grief, uh, sorrow, uh fear <laughs> uh, the whole the whole range of painful emotions, including painful sensations in the body, um diesel fuel buses and um various other inconveniences of modern life or the physical 3D world uh not invading the mind means yes this distorted emotion or reaction has arisen but i'm not going to develop it further by thinking and thinking on it like I could, you know, I had this experience, I could stay angry for the whole 45 minutes riding home in the rain, but actually, I don't have to. <laughs> if I don't keep um, delighting or playing around with the thoughts of anger, resentment, frustration, riding in the rain, am I angry? If I don't keep up the thought monologue internally, am I still angry? Uh, how? And I could be without it. Then what I found is that I didn't want to be without it. (laughs) I wanted to rail against or complain or rage internally against the rain. Um, And then eventually I became more peaceful. (laughs) But uh, as I said many times, it's not the distortion or the painful feeling in body or mind, particularly in mind really, the painful thought and feeling or emotion in mind, that's the problem. It's not the distortion, it's the problem, it's our attachment to it. That at some level, we want to stay in grief and sorrow, or anger, frustration, or self pity, or self criticism, or fear and uh, avoidance, uh, or even with wrong view. We're attached to wrong view and attached to the arising distorted thought feeling and um, it's the attachment that really needs uh, attention and so the result of paying attention and then being more comfortable in a quiet mind and the mind that naturally is not heavily proliferating thought feeling um being greater equanimity leads to um not making not not um intensifying (laughs) uh, distorted thought feeling and therefore not getting captured um, by self-harming thought feeling um, in response to real situations that are difficult or real conflict or pain or loss or blame or um, any kind of disturbing catalyst and so that's a real challenge but ultimately you didn't make me angry, I made me angry, and I either keep me angry or help me move out of anger by accepting it and uh, ultimately restraint and channeling the energy to to fifth fifth chakra actually four five where the lower the anger that comes out of lower triad blockage or two three blockage um While is first met in love acceptance, green ray. Like, yes, I'm angry. I mean, it doesn't have to, you don't have to say it, but one can know it. Yes, I'm angry, and I accept that I'm not an evil person for feeling angry. And yes, I want to say and do this and shout and dot, dot, dot. But I think it's better upon reflection not to act those ways or speak or act. So I apply restraint by wisdom, fifth ray. And by fifth ray, let me search my mind to make a uh, useful response, a wise response a careful response, a balanced response that doesn't inflame the situation nor keep me stuck in anger same thing with grief, same thing with fear or um, self-blame I accept it and understand it somewhat where you're coming from that is the trigger and where I'm coming from that is the basis of the reaction, my reaction, and I acknowledge and accept that I might want to say and do this and that, but I acknowledge that actually it's probably harmful or not helpful to you and me that I speak that and do that, therefore then I must find something better, which is then redirecting the energy or keeping it working through fourth and fifth to uh, open to, discover, accept, and understand, and then communicate what's useful in response to um, what you said or did and how I reacted or was triggered to thinking, feeling and a motivated response Um, moving that up and that's what Nityananda means every situation is a test to move the energy higher what's the higher? the higher is green, blue, indigo the higher is from red, you know, red, orange yellow to green, blue, indigo that's moving up now, um, the great teacher, other minor points here, um, of uh, the particular teacher that can help us, um, he, can, he may be confident in you. And so um, the person, or when we approach, this is now particularly a teacher, not a teaching, when we approach a teacher, um, appreciating that um, they really do know a lot, and they really have developed themselves, and I really can learn from you because I have, and I've helped myself by my learning from you, um, the teacher would be confident <laughs> in such a person who uh, approaches them um, because uh, he or she trusts that one um, to make good use of what they're saying and not um, take poi—you know drink water and turn to poison that a person, the student or the other, won't twist my words, won't twist my meaning, won't impute something wrongly when I'm really just trying to help you. Uh, some people, mm, you know, when the snake drinks water, um, can't appreciate um, love light when it's offered periodically um, and come back with a little sting and, or um, use our words against us in some way. Um, sort of the yes-but approach. Yes-but. How about yes-and? Yes, that's true. And, and so some people um, are very competitive in approach to a teacher or somebody who's talking or giving some perspective. And so it's not a good thing for us to be competitive (laughs) with those that we're trying to learn from. Or uh, try to uh, be competitive. That's a Big plane up there outside, outside. To be competitive with those we're trying to help, <laughs> or competitive with those we're trying to learn from, that is not helpful. So, the the um, balanced student and the capable teacher. Uh, that relationship is like a boat. That relationship helps us develop our boat or our vehicle or the seven energy fields and the seven chakras or body, mind, spirit commonly called myself so the capable teacher trusts the honest, sincere student Uh, the teacher can be understood as a means to an end or a boat or a vehicle the mind of the student or their seven dimensional fields can be understood as their vehicle or their boat or their means to an end Uh, And there's mutual respect and appreciation. And so then uh, the the sincere student also uh, practices the Dhamma in line with the Dhamma, meaning uh, checking to make sure also that my understanding, including meditation technique, is a useful technique, is right technique, not wrong technique. Now there are many techniques offered, so that's a very subtle matter pondering and giving it priority, and so prioritizing, uh, like talking about from last week's Brahmana Dhammika Sutta, prioritizing the inner over the outer, the inner that goes up versus the outer that goes down. Um, Prioritizing is critical to the development of wisdom as well then one becomes more knowledgeable as the study but also clear-minded which means quiet-minded too and subtle meaning um capable of very fine mental work the difference between light green and darker green (laughs) this kind of thing or bright blue and a little deeper blue between uh, cobalt and indigo So, then, meanwhile, there are piddling fools, or one can think of some like that, Um, and then you'll go to death without having cleared up the Dhamma right here. Cleared up the Dhamma right here means in this lifetime, gotten clear about the purpose of life and what is path. In in a sense, one doesn't need to worry about what is self. Um, Self will continue being revealed if we rightly follow path. Then... Uh, The piddling fool, uh, like a person swept away by the flood, can't help others. But some people, (laughs) (laughs) lots of people who follow foolish teachers, Uh, well, Uh, how can one who's confused help others get clear? Of course, the confused generally think themselves clear, and there's no proof. Uh, So, and they'll have followers or students who will say this is a living Buddha and uh, or this is a man of God or this he's a saint and a sage uh, and I benefited tremendously so more power to you and that's probably the end of the discussion if you don't agree so then finally um, the one who has found fine teaching and a and or a fine teacher or teachers Uh, can really help others that one can be called an attainer of knowledge that's also called knowledgeable Uh, developed in mind is that same phrase about um, being able to not feed distorted thoughts and feelings Uh, unwavering uh, certain stability and can get other people to comprehend meaning uh, to speak skillfully or to teach carefully, and that's really required. When, when only when conditions have arisen for them, the other one to lend an ear, and so conditions are also right, and that's very much associated with timing, and um, the situation in which um, we're speaking to somebody, even though the other, even if the other one really wants to learn. So, again, finally, like Kagavisana or Ranasara Sutta, the value of befriending people of integrity. <clears throat> that's virtue, morality, and wisdom, intelligence, balance, um, understanding. And then uh, down the line, one keeps practicing and one will taste the fruit. And that's in Buddhism, Sotapanna, particularly Sotapanna and the other three levels of awakening. But for us, it's also. Um, I know the quality of the teacher and the teaching by its fruit meaning how I've changed in a positive way or the consequences of application I've applied these teachings or what this teacher has been saying to my own personal life and I feel much better more clear, more well, more heartful less self-conflict, more self-understanding kinder to self and other Um, mm, overall improved wellness. And so, that's one way to see that the teaching is fine. But, of course, there are people who then mix up, or it's very easy to mix things up. I'm sure there are people, lots and lots, in very fundamentalist churches, in very supremacist sects, S-E-C-T-S, supremacist doctrinal religions and subgroupings that feel they've been greatly helped by their um, participation in the in the community, in the congregation, with their uh, teacher and its teaching and doctrine and dogma and all that. Uh, how well have they developed themselves? I don't know. Um, but the subtlety may be that the person has learned to help him or herself and is better off in real green blue indigo meanwhile they have certain very um, serious wrong views about uh, the nature of creation or the goal so um, it's very subtle <laughs> to distinguish to discern what the heck's going on here anyway um, that's about it for the Navasutta. Um uh, teacher or teaching like a boat or a ship, like a means to an end. Mind it's what itself as a means to an end. Um, self is not the mind. Uh, the self or what I is makes use of mind. And to know I, I is not this mind. I is greater. But I is not separate, and certainly not identical to my personal sense of self or my name. You know, I is not Scott. Scott is a subset of I, of course. And so that's the case for all of us. Our conscious mind, though Ra at one point said sub-sub-sub-logos, is not the whole of what I is. And um, the path is uh, very much associated with freedom from ignorance, and freedom ultimately from the separative, a, a, se- a separative sense of self, or a sense of a separated self, and the end of duality, as we know. But in terms of what I is essentially, uh, I don't think when people should worry about that. <laughs> Infinity, I think, is a good enough essential definition of what I is. But that's not the same as the personality, or the conscious mind, or the body, or the mind-body-spirit complex. It's the source of all that appears to be a self. The true self is its source. And the source ultimately is, as always, intelligent infinity, or one infinite creator, or uh, the infinite uh, love-light power, or particularly, really, love-power power. that gave rise to light <laughs> right? the action of free will upon love gave rise to light and so that the, the source of the true nature of I is ultimately its source and its source is actually that which has capacity to bring infinite power into infinite love to make uh, infinite light and I think that's about as far as I can understand it so on that note we'll call it a day Um, next time let me see next time we go to the Kim Shila Sutta and um, Shila is the same Shila as uh, Virtue, Morality, Ethics uh, translated titularly as Right Conduct or With What Virtue Um, Kim Shila means something like, with virtue? What virtue? (laughs) What virtue sutta? And translated, uh, synopsized uh, by Tansaro as the attitudes and behavior that enable one to best to learn and benefit from Dhamma. So, uh, some of the, uh, constituents, some of the, the ingredients of the mind that is motivated and capable of learning, with clear motivation, And sufficiently developed to be capable of receiving, integrating, learning, and um, developing in accord with um, what we're learning, Uh, and it's very much—it is certainly associated with with virtue, or shila. So, (laughs) the wisdom, the the root of wisdom, um, including virtue, uh, virtue, morality, uh, right restraint, wise restraint, uh, harmlessness. As one of the roots of wisdom, and so that's um, and, and you know if there if there's a deficient wis the deficient ethics morality harmlessness virtue shila there's lower triad blockage <laughs> that's all and so lower triad blockage will get you um, imperfect development of green blue indigo and some serious uh, blind spots and so um, lack of attention or prioritization to morality or harmlessness um, leads to all sorts of blind spots in wisdom as well. And so we'll look into that more next time. Anyway, thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Take good care of yourselves. See you next time. Good night.